Welcome back to Jump Scare. I'm Betty. And I'm Chad. This week we're covering 1998's I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. After what happened last summer, we are going to the Bahamas. Nobody deserves a vacation more than Julie James. We have arrived in paradise. And here, miles from civilization, to a great weekend. Yeah, to a great weekend. For She's days. finally gotten away from it all. I should have changed that stupid lock. I should have made Julie the key. If I'd have known for just one second, you'd be back to bother me. something to the screen. I said, what are you talking about? But she can never escape her past. It's happening again. What? Because there are some secrets. There, there was a body in there. Oh. I am not going crazy. He's here. Oh. Who is here? And there are some fears. Hey, Julie, you see any dead bodies out there? Two summers ago, we hit Ben Willis with our car, and then we threw his body in the water. Can you not tell me the whole story? I'm your best friend. That will haunt her forever. I want off this island. That's not possible. This time... We're all gonna die! Good job, one by one! There's no getting away. I still know what you did last summer. Get hooked again. Julie James and Ray Bronson are back. First question. Shouldn't this be I know what you did two summers ago? No, it was one year. It was one year after. Yeah, I know, but they, they killed the guy one summer. The next summer... The guy knew what they did last summer. This is another year. So he's saying, I still know what you did last summer. I still know. It should still just know. be, uh, yeah, it should be like, I know what you did two summers ago. <laughs> this is my first complaint about the movie. <laughs> Second complaint. Well, okay, but to be fair, maybe the reference isn't to the first time that they killed him. It's in reference to the second time. Meaning, I know what you did last summer when you tried to kill me on my boat, but my body is mysteriously missing. Wink, wink. That's what I'm talking about. I think that's what's happening. So it would be, I know what you did last summer because of what you did the previous summer. (laughs) No, I still know. Meaning, I still know what you did because we are still, it's still happening because I'm I'm still still alive. I'm still mad at you. I'm still alive. I'm still mad from two summers ago. So, (laughs) in this film, we have Jennifer Love Hewitt and Freddie Prince Jr. reprising their roles. Of course, the other two people in the previous film are dead, thankfully, because I cannot stand Ryan Phillippe. Um, And Sarah Michelle Gellar's fine, but they killed her off at the end of the last one. Although she does have a, they they have a picture of her next to their nightstand here. So she got some kind of money. Ryan Phillippe was like, no, fuck that guy. He's dead to us. He's dead. 
stupid curly hair. He's off doing cruel intentions. And I'm not anti-curly hair because I have curly hair. So let's just throw that out there in case we get any complaints. So now, you know, Julie's in college. Ray's a struggling fisherman, as he was in the first movie, because I think he also had, like, side job. Because he's so poor, he had to work during high school, which is what the big thing was. With, with the because everyone else was somewhat wealthy slash wealthy because I don't think they never really went out of their way to be like look how wealthy Jennifer Love Hewitt's character is they yeah. definitely did for Ryan Phillippe because he lived in that like crazy fuck house yeah but now they're you know she's in college and she's dreaming about the fisherman you know the fisherman coming after her or man because only one guy well, see, I love she has that dream, too, at the beginning, where she has, like, the Nightmare on Elm Street dream, where she wakes up in class just screaming her fucking lungs out and shaking the desk, and everyone's just like, oh, hey, you okay? Like, no one really seemed to give a shit. They were just like, oh, yeah, she does that sometimes. That's like a thing, yeah, because you're so desensitized, because <laughs> it's happened so often. It's happened so often, they're just like, fuck, I'm glad she didn't do it during the test this time. Here goes Julie, being dramatic Julie again. Ugh. Yeah, I never, I never understood why, after you already have, like, the classroom scene, I feel like so many films, it's like a trope, it has to be like, oh, we have to have them in the classroom, since, you know, the original Halloween, we have to have a classroom scene, whether the teacher is going over something that kind of relates to what's happening, or there's going to be some crazy thing that's going to happen so, to the character in the scene. Julie, you woke up screaming during my lecture on revenge. How ironic. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. And, you know, her friend does run out to help her. Uh, we'll, get, we'll get to his name later. Will. Will. Will runs out to help her. Most Not- nondescript name ever. Yeah. And, you know, uh, of course, who, how could you not have the hots for Jennifer Love Hewitt? So, of course, you're going to run out of class after her. Especially you know. 1998 Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yeah. Yeah, those boobs got there a full three seconds before the rest of her did. So, <laughs> I can't with you. I can't. That's that's why she was chosen for the film. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. They make sure to capitalize She had on that. very, very good lungs. Yes, okay? she did. You need strong lungs. To recreate the scene from the first movie that everyone remembers, she had to do that again in this one, too. Yeah. And let's not, you know, let's bring some spotlight to the other two new characters, or to the two new characters in the film, besides Will. Um, he's token, you know, guy. Uh, Makai Pfeiffer and and I, part of me is like and Moesha and Brandy. Oh, and let's not forget making one of his early movie appearances in here, Jack Black, who no one I'm sure on set at the time thought he's going to be a huge amazing thing later he's on. He's going to be more famous than all of us later. <laughs> yeah, that was not a thought. He plays, of course, the dreadlocked, relaxed, you know, druggy. That hangs out on the island, where they'll go to. Now, I have a couple little facts about this movie that I find interesting. First of all, they asked Peter Jackson to direct this. Mm, okay. Was it so, called Dead Silence? He, did he do that? No. No? Okay. 
No, Peter Jackson didn't do Dead Silence. I always get Dead Silence mixed up with that other film that he did do. Brain Dead. Brain Dead. Okay. Yeah. Uh, hello, Dead. Brain Dead. Okay. Bra- dead Silence. But so they're like, I know you're about a week out from starting filming on The Lord of the Rings. Could you take some time out from your day to come over here and film this movie real quick for us? We're going to give you, by the way, the budget for this movie, $65 million. Way too much money. There are no explosions in this movie. There are no spaceships. There's no CGI. By comparison, The Matrix, which came out the next year, cost $63 million. So this movie cost more to make than The Fucking Matrix. And there is not shit on screen of that. If you had told me this movie was made for $6 million when made by Blumhouse, I would have believed you. That's what gave the Blum, that's what gave Jason the idea to create Blumhouse. He was like, um, we can't just be having these overblown movies where we're losing money. $65 million for this shit? By the way, it made $40 million, so they weigh in the hole on this one. Big time. But which I, is why we didn't see a sequel until like 2006, I think, which is just the worst fucking movie ever, but we'll get to that later. It's I'll always know what you did last summer, which would make more sense for the title of this one. Yes, it actually would make sense. Someone really thought about it this time. We're like, mm, I don't know how we're going to approach this title. but. And by the way, this movie also directed by the guy who brought us the masterpiece of Sylvester Stallone's Judge Dredd. You know, the bad Judge Dredd movie where he immediately took his mask off in the first five minutes. How are you going to know Sylvester Stallone if you don't take the mask off? I and think the voice might give it away. But. I mean, I love the remake of the movie, but, I, you know, Judge just, Dredd, though. Just just don't. Okay. Don't. Well, they win a contest. Uh, you know what's kind of weird? Didn't they receive a call? Yes. Did it? Did it? Like, normal. And So, for those of you that were not alive or maybe, like, you know, a toddler when this film came out. Um, back in the day, and I'm sure probably now, and I'm saying this back in the day because I don't listen to the radio at all. I haven't listened to the radio in like three years and before that, well, fine. But people used to call in to win contests and the contest would be something more than just like a tickets to a Ja Rule concert. It was like, you're going to go to some resort or you're going to go do something, you know, freaking amazing and fabulous. And this one, the people actually call them and tell them they've won tickets. And it's a radio station. And they never thought, I don't remember giving the radio station my phone number. And the radio stations usually don't just randomly dial people for these and call them up because that's just a waste of time. You either call the radio station or there's a few where it's like... we might call you at this number, but you had to register for it first, you know? You didn't just get a random call from the radio station. And then, of course, the best part is they ask them, what's the capital of Brazil? And they say Rio, which we will find out later in the movie. If you didn't already know, that's not the capital of Brazil. But they don't even think about that. They just tell them they won, and they're like, yes, we're going to the Bahamas. You leave tonight. So... Here's another question. Wait, I pause. Okay. Let's let's stop right there. Technically, 
the capital of Brazil was Rio up to 1960. It was there, it was like for over like almost a hundred years that was the capital until after 1960 it became Brasilia, which I feel like... Did they call them before 1960 then? No, they did, but I'm saying if we're going to be like, uh, push the glances up. They were wrong-ish, but they weren't that wrong. It wasn't like they said Santa Fe, which if obviously... If they had said, what was the former capital of Rio? Yeah, okay. They would have been right. Wow, you uber nerd moment yeah, for I, you. Yeah, uber <laughs> Okay, so here's my question. The killers in this movie, the killers... Not the band, the actual yeah, murderers. The actual murderers. Their plan <laughs> is, we're going to give them a fake call from a radio station, let them win tickets to the Bahamas... And then we're going to murder him there. So in order to do this, we went out and pre-bought four tickets to the Bahamas. Six tickets because the killers have to go. So they bought six tickets to the Bahamas. Then arranged for them to win this contest, get down there, made hotel reservations for everyone, set everything up. This is a lot of fucking work when they could have just come in the house and stabbed him in the night. I feel like this is a like next level plan for these guys to just why not just come in and stab him in the night you know where she's at you know where he's at let's just go stab them it was not a good plan it was a very, actually a very terrible plan but maybe they were considerate murderers and they're like you know what let them have some kind of relaxation before we go kill them also i think because the isolation of it all, they knew that there was not going to be anyone in the resort, that they could get away with this kind of murder because technically Jeffrey Combs and the other person were, and the bartender oh, weren't yeah, supposed that's... to be there. So it was the perfect spot to kill people and then leave them there or throw them in the ocean and never be heard of again, especially because there was no way to trace since the Julie and Brandy never called a radio station to win tickets. So there was no paper trail whatsoever. It was the perfect plan, course, but at the same time, an expensive one and then maybe a dumb one. And also, this was 1998. There was no fucking security in the airport at that point. You could just walk right up to the goddamn door of the plane carrying a machete and people were like, well, as long as he doesn't get on with it, it's fine. There's also no cell phones. <laughs> there, I mean, you know, very rare for you to have a cell phone. Yeah. Especially at their age. Maybe a beeper. That's not going to get you anything because you, you cannot dial into a beeper and have call the police. There's only landlines. And you could cut those. And here's the thing that always gets me about this, too. They went to all this trouble to do this, and then they go down there, and they murder the shit out of a bunch of people that have nothing to do with it. They're like, you accidentally hit me and left me for dead, so I'm going to kill you. I get that. But also, at the same time, we're going to kill everyone in the hotel. The maid, the guy doing the laundry. We're going to kill all them, too. Just they can't have because. no. It was not just because they can't have people. First of all, those people were not even supposed to be there, and they can't have witnesses. So again, let's sneak into her house at night and stab her while she's asleep, and then we'll. They leave. didn't account for that. They didn't know that was going to happen. There was going to be a crazy storm, and all this crazy shit was going to happen. But they, they did they not had know. To know it was going to be the storm because that's how the island was going to be deserted. No, the island was going to be deserted, deserted because it was like the time off for the island. It yeah, was, it was the time off for the island because that was when the big hurricanes start coming in. 
Okay, but you live in a state where there's hurricanes, and you know that it's just not one hour before there's a ah, hurricane. Ah, but it was. <laughs> okay, enough with this. Enough, enough. <laughs> because an hour after they got there, by the way, we forgot to mention the other, the, who I think is the biggest star of this movie, is Jeffrey Combs. Jeffrey fucking Combs is in this movie. Playing the hotel clerk who's having none of the, I feel like they just let, told Jeffrey Combs, show up and be pissy. And he was like, all right, I can do that. He's a fancy actor. He went to fancy school, and he's classically trained and amazing. So, yes, he, he put all his all into this performance. And he shows up, and it's just like, oh, fuck me, teenagers. God damn it. And then, like, is it like, oh, yeah, by the way, the hurricane's going to be here in about an hour. So I hope you guys all enjoy sitting around in the fucking rain, not doing anything outdoors, because you ain't going outside for this whole weekend. And that's when they're like, can we drink? And they're like, yeah. All right, I guess we're drinking and fucking the whole weekend. This is not much different than we were going to do at the 4th of July party back at the college. But I digress. Even though Mackay Pfeiffer and Brandy were going to be the only ones fucking because Will is not together with Julie. They are just friends. Even though Will's trying to hit that. Let me get to my other favorite part of this movie. All right, so the four of them go. They ask... Uh, Freddie Prince Jr. to come with him. They ask him, what's his name in the movie? I forget. Ray. Ray. They ask Ray to come with him. Ray and his friend are driving up there. Like, why he brought his friend with him, I don't know. Like, the friend was just going to drive the car back, but why not just leave the car in the parking lot? Anyhow. Because this guy is so poor, he doesn't have a car, so he had to borrow his car, friend's car, but then he had to drive the car? I don't know. You have yeah. a good point. Fine. So, they get stopped on the road, and like, oh, there's a guy laying on the road dead in a fisherman costume with a hook for a hand. There's nothing fucking suspicious about this. Let me just get out of the car in the middle of the night and see what's going on. Of course, the friend gets murdered. Freddie Prince Jr. gets fucked up and put in the hospital. Now, this is on Friday night. Say like 7 o'clock because it's dark. They were in the summertime, so it's at least 7, 8 o'clock. It's already dark. Freddie Prince Jr. gets put in the hospital. He escapes from the hospital, takes a bus from North Carolina to Miami then hijacks a boat and gets to the island somehow in one day. Now, if you've ever taken the bus, you know a fucking bus trip from North Carolina to Miami would probably take two days just in and of itself. But he somehow got on the red-eye bus that just drove nonstop and made it there in like two hours. Then went, stopped, pawned a ring, bought a gun, went and hijacked a boat, went down to the island, did all this, and I managed to get there in like, I don't know, 12 hours. So I tell you, the next time I go on vacation, this fucker is planning my trip because he's going to get me there, get me in the hotel, and get everything done within the first day. That's all I got to say about Ray. So we forgot to mention at the beginning of this that this is actually based, it's an adaptation from a novel by Lois Duncan. Yes. Uh, same title. Lois Duncan has a plethora of novels, and one of them, coincidentally, and I say coincidentally because there's two murderers in this film, and after Scream, that became a thing where now we have to have two murderers in films. Um, She wrote another novel back in the 70s called Summer of Fear, which was made into a movie that was directed by Wes Craven, which we also covered. I was going to say we covered that one. I didn't realize that was her. And she also did Killing Mr. Griffin, but they retitled that movie and it's Teaching Mrs. Tingle because after the whole Columbine thing, they didn't want to put out 
uh, killing a teacher as the title. So they kind of reworked the title. So, you know, she's had other novels that have been adapted into films. So she has a, a plethora of novels. But unfortunately, um, after kind of, I guess, she wrote this book, her daughter was actually killed, murdered. And she, when she went on the tour, like the press release for the novel, I Know What She Did Last Summer, she also incorporated that she was trying to find, like, it was like a she was trying to find out who killed her daughter so she wrote a novel and was kind of speaking about that at the same time which is really sad uh but yeah so this whole thing you know the movies are this the first movies adopt was adapted from her yeah. novel which um, uh from what i've read she did not care for the way they did it yeah i'm sure it's completely different because the other i read it when i was a teenager ish maybe 25 i don't know uh <laughs> I had a lot of time on my hands with books on tape to listen to when I was in the car in my 20s. And I might have listened to this. I, From what I remember, it wasn't like the movie at all. But I don't really remember much about it because it's been a long time ago. Yeah, this was a big flop. I'm not a Rotten Tomatoes person because I could care less what other people think. But in Rotten Tomatoes, this is the lowest rating I've ever seen. It has a 7%. But at the same time, I think only like a 50, like 50 something people have reviewed it, which that's still a terrible average to be so low. It's not the best movie. It's a movie that you would probably have in the background at a party, but it's not something that, I mean, I've seen this movie so many times because it's not a guilty pleasure. It's just like, okay, it's on. And then I feel like when you watch, you know, a first movie, you have to watch the sequel. Yeah. And... I feel like they could have made this better. Like, they have this elaborate plan, which, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen this 20-something-year-old movie, the fisherman is back, and this time he brought his son to help him, who turns out to be Will. Yeah, his name... No mention of the son in the first movie. No mention... Well, I don't remember if there's a mention, because obviously... I think there is a mention, but nevertheless, my favorite thing... of attending college... He's attending college. Perfectly smart and reasonable guy, it seems like. is also like, you know what? I am going to help Dad murder the shit out of these people, including this girl that I'm trying to bang. No, so. he, well, obviously he wasn't trying to... Well, later on, and this is for uh, warning, warning for those that are sensitive to this type... I mean, everyone should be sensitive to this type of thing, but this might trigger some people. Um, later on you find out that maybe he was going to rape her because he kind of, there's a line in he the whole fight said, scene. I'm going to, like, what did he say? Like I'm going to take care of her. I'm going to handle her. Some, he, the way that he phrased it and the words he used, oh, I looked over his shot and was like, was he planning on raping her first? Yes, yes, he was. So, yeah. It, I guess because he was going to get away with it and it didn't really matter. But, I mean... I'm not trying to give sympathy to the Ben, but if you knew that some people kind of murdered your dad and but or left them alive. for dead, yes, he's still alive, but they still got away with something. They still committed attempted murder, you know, the negligence and the hit and run, the whole thing. They have a plethora of things but at against no them. Point did anyone ever did he ever say, Dad, let's just call the cops. You know who these people are. Also, Dad, you killed two people last year. Yeah, but that's the obviously the psycho gene runs in the family because he's Apparently. he's off. So 
yeah, so that's that's what I sum it up. But my favorite thing in the movie is that when I first watched this movie, and I wish there was someone out there in the world, anyone in the world that may be listening to this podcast, please email us at stay tuned to the horror at gmail.com or go on our Instagram jump scare podcast. Let me know. Did you know that this that this person was the killer when you first meet him, or you find out that his name is? will benson because that was my favorite part of the movie <laughs> when he's like will benson and i'm like what sure my head exploded <laughs> the reveal is my favorite part because it's like of course he's the fucking killer he just he literally told you he was the killer that's my favorite part of the movie. And when Jack Black dies. I think they were trying to go for the whole angel heart thing with that, but it wasn't quite as effective as when you found out that, uh, you know, Robert De Niro's name was Lou Cipher. You're like, oh, that's... that's uh. Yeah, so wild, wild stuff. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I feel like they the people, that they were going for the whole, like... Uh, What's the, and then there were none, Agatha Christie kind of thing. They were like, ooh, let's put this one on an island and have him get murdered one at a time. No one knows who the murderer is. Except, really, it could you know the murderer is either one of them or someone outside. And they're like, ah, but we tricked you. It's both. No, we've seen Scream. We know there's always going to be more than one killer now. You can't be in two places at the same time. Yeah, so we're going to have... Unless one of them is a ghost, which yeah. would be a dope movie. Ooh, be one human, one ghost killer. Yeah, BTW, wink, wink, do not steal our idea. We're going to make this a dope movie. <laughs> but yeah, this one... But can uh, we name a ghost killer? <laughs> that's fine. I feel like they were trying hard with this to just, you know, we're going to make this cool sequel that's going to be awesome and everyone's going to love and we're going to throw tons of money in it. And I don't know what the hell they did with this money, but there is not $65 million worth of budget on this screen. There's a little bit of gore, but not much. It's mostly just someone with blood all over him and like a fake machete sticking out of somebody's head, which I feel like it looked like they just, when Jeffrey Combs inevitably dies, it looked like they just took the old machete with the cutout and put it on top of his head and sprayed blood everywhere and said, yeah, that's how he died. Yeah, the if, yeah, the kills are like whatever, and it's just not a good movie overall. And it, there... And this is the time, and I know we've discussed this before, but I feel like during this time frame, people were just so desperate to, like, put out... There's so many horror movies came out. I feel like every month there was a fucking horror movie with teens or young people, you know, and there was just so many, many of them being pumped out after the success of Scream. And it was just, like, ridiculous. Like, the sea of films that came out from, like, when Scream came out to, like, 1999 or, fuck it, I'll just go to, like, 2000. There, there's a lot of them, and and there, a lot of them are not good. They just thought all we need is a bunch of attractive people from different TV shows and a horror movie title, and we've got it. We've got a billion dollars in the bank. Yep. Is Katie Holmes available? Is Jennifer Love Hewitt available? Michelle Geller available? Like, is Nev Campbell available? Is anyone from Party of Five available for this fucking movie? But you know what's sad? No <laughs> one asked Scott Wolf to be in the movie. No, no, no one did. No one asked. No one asked. Maybe there's a weird scott wolf movie that we don't know about that he was in now the third film in the series just want to touch upon how terrible we picked this up at the dollar tree now that doesn't really say much about i'll tell you right now i overpaid yeah definitely this movie is worth zero cents because i don't know who would have even invested in this film first of all 
let's not even let's begin with the fact that the fisherman is still a killer, <laughs> but this time it takes place in the mountains of Colorado, <laughs> nowhere near a fishing village, and the incident that causes the whole thing is a motorcycle accident that gets someone killed. So of course, in a motorcycle accident, you immediately adopt a fisherman persona and come after the people to kill them. It's just it's just too terrible. And that's all we're going to dedicate. We're just throwing it out there. There's a third movie. Do not watch it. I mean, it is just no, boring no, and no, terrible. No. Watch it. No. I, I did. Other people. I'm going to pass this curse on to you fucking ring style. Watch this movie or I'm going to mail you a copy of it. You're just going to get a damn copy in the mail with a blank DVD. And you're going to be like, what is this shit? You put it in there. It starts playing. It won't come out of your player until you're done, until you're done watching it. Wow, there's some saw shit right there. Yeah, it's fucking devious. But yeah, I had to see it. Other people have to, too. No, we didn't. To be fair, we didn't finish watching that film. We couldn't. Didn't we, though? Because no, I feel like we watched it for six hours. It was the longest horror movie we've ever seen. But it actually we didn't actually finish it because it was that terrible. What I love is they sell a box set that has all of these movies movies and you know people are just like oh look it came with a free coaster and they put that dvd down on the table and just use that just like you do the fucking uh fourth indiana jones movie you use that as a coaster too we pity the fools that were involved in that film because it, it was that bad yeah okay rest in peace to your careers so as for this movie i give this rating this movie uh i give it one knife because jeffrey combs is in it and i'll watch anything with jeffrey combs in it because he tried. He couldn't help this movie, but he tried. I also give it one knife. I feel like that's too many knives, but I give it one knife. Because Jeffrey Combs is in it. He's fun. Jack Black's ridiculous and stupid, but he was fun. Don't get me wrong. I love, you know, to see Jennifer Love do her thing with her tank tops running around with her <laughs> beautiful body, with her thickness and her thighs. Love it all. Love the client list. I love Jennifer Love. Okay, but if and they then, wanted to go all in on this movie, they should have just went all in. Let's commit to a hard R with lots of nudity and violence. That's how you would have saved this movie, and that's how you would have justified the $65 million. Past the 80s, no one was doing nudity like that anymore. That wasn't a thing that needed to be. And it's the, that was the saddest day when the nudity stopped for both Male and female and everybody in between. Like, everybody. Just, we need more naked people in horror movies. Because people are naked a lot of times during the day. It's not like we just go to sleep with clothes on and we take a shower with clothes on. We're not Tobias Funke. Like, that's not a thing. <laughs> um, so, I do want to say before we wrap up real quick. There's actually a TV show <laughs> that's yes. based on the novel. Uh, I know what you did last summer on Amazon Prime. We are enjoying the heck out of it. I really like it. The kills are fucking great. Okay, there's yeah. some amazing kills in there. The story is fine. We don't really know what, who is what, what's happening because we have one more episode left. But we really think it's enjoyable and it's an easy watch it's crazy it has a twist yes it's all of those they went hard r like i said they should have in this movie they went hard r everybody in this show is naked having sex doing drugs murdering people they're all in on it yes it may not be the greatest show ever made but it's entertaining the god bless the lord and the lady or goddess and goddess god and everybody or everybody bless it bless it all because it is just the best i I really actually enjoy it. Yeah. Because of all those things. Yes, the nudity is the number one thing. <laughs> and, the, and the twist, even though you kind of... Chad already saw the twist, like, 
boom. I mean, it's revealed after the first episode, but before, like, before midway, he's like, maybe it's this. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. And it was. So, yes. Catch that out on Amazon Prime. So, yeah. Watch the series on Amazon Prime. Don't watch any of the other movies. And we kind of rushed into this one, but this is our second serving. Yep. And we're actually going to be, I don't want to say downsizing, but we're technically downsizing the cast to twice a month. So we'll have something at the beginning of the month. And that, I don't know if we're going to stay with the second serving. We'll probably fluctuate depending. And then we'll have something at the end of the month. So you'll get to hear us twice in the month uh, starting, I guess, now. And we're kind of taking a, a holiday break. And we'll see how it you know goes after January. But for right now, you're going to hear this episode. And then... I'll put another one out towards the end of the month about maybe a newer movie or maybe an older one. We'll have to see. Yeah, we, uh, we're thinking we might cover Bruce Campbell's new film, Black Friday. Um, I know technically it's not his film, but he's in it and he's the main per- person star. Recognizable, I should say, in the film. So, um, and it, you know, Black Friday with Thanksgiving yep. coming up. So thank you so much. And we appreciate all of our listeners. And stay tuned to the horror in two weeks. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. <laughs>